Grace and mercy and peace be with you all from God our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. At our church here during the Sundays of Advent this year, this being the third Sunday, uh, I've been preaching a sermon series covering the, the theme of the Sabbath, that third commandment, uh, the Sabbath. There is rest for those who wait. Two weeks ago, we kind of laid the groundwork of the Old Testament foundations of the Sabbath and, and why it is that God has commanded us to rest. And that is what that word Sabbath means in Hebrew. It literally means to rest. It means to rest. And so we come here to find rest in God's house and in his presence. Last week, we, we heard how Jesus handled the Sabbath. And, and when Jesus talked about the Sabbath, Jesus made known to people that the Sabbath is not intended to be burdensome for us. The Sabbath is not just another thing for people to do. The Sabbath, rest, is God's gift to us. It is a gift to us. God says, have rest in me. Yes, God commanded us to work. He created us to work, but he also commanded and created us to rest, to delight, to find our delight and our thanksgiving in him for all of the provisions he graciously gives to us. Today, our, our sub-theme that we're gathering under is this, that there is rest for those who wait. There is rest for those who wait. Now, how many people like waiting for things. Uh, kids, uh, kids, there are kids in this room, listen to me for a second. I'm gonna, kids, how many of you kids in this room have uh, presents underneath your Christmas tree at home right now? Raise your hands. If you're a kid, are there presents under your Christmas tree right now? How many of you, how many of you uh, like that you have to wait until Christmas to open your presents? Raise your hand. How many of you wish that you could go home and open it up today? Raise your hand. Right? See, nobody likes to wait for things. Parents, what are you doing? Right? What are you doing? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing myself under the bus here. We have presents under our tree. Shh. Okay, nobody likes to wait for things. Correct? But this is what the season of Advent is all about. It's about waiting. The season of Advent is about waiting. And, and what are we waiting for in this season of Advent? Not just presents under the tree, but we are waiting for Jesus Christ to come back. Because when Jesus Christ comes back, he will raise the dead and he will make all things new. But as we wait for the return of Jesus, we are promised that there is rest. There is Sabbath. We are promised here. What I want you to hear today is that we rest and then we rise. We rest and then we rise. Today on this Sabbath day, today, this day where we gather together in God's house, we're here to find rest. Weekly, week after week after week after week, we gather in God's house to find rest. We rest and then we rise. We rest and then we rise. Think about it like this. Anytime that we Sabbath, anytime that we rest in the presence of God, in a way there's kind of a well, a death that happens. There's a death that happens when we Sabbath in God's presence. Here's, here's what I mean. Think about it like this. When we rest in God's presence, we die to ourselves. We give up our kind of half-hearted attempts at, you know, making meaningful things in this life. We, we give up our ambitions, our attempts at self-preservation, 
All of those things die when we come into the presence of God Almighty. When we come into the presence of Jesus, all of that goes away because we realize that all we have comes from Him. All we have comes from Him. All of our daily provisions, all of our hope, all of our peace, all of our joy, it all comes from Him. And so when we rest, when we Sabbath, we rest, and then what happens? We rise. We die to ourselves and we rise to new life in Jesus Christ. There's a kind of death that happens here when we gather in God's house, when we confess our sins and receive absolution. That's what the Sabbath does for us. It puts us in this frame of mind to find everlasting joy in Jesus no matter the situation. We rise to new life and there's joy in Jesus. Yes, this morning, in this place, there is a kind of death for all of us as we die to sin and rise to new life. But even more so, all of us, every one of us, will face death at one point, whether the death of a loved one or our own death as well. Real death. And what I want you to hear today is that death itself is in many ways a kind of a Sabbath. It's a kind of a Sabbath because... There, at the point of death, we rest in the presence of Jesus. I have the unique opportunity and privilege as a pastor to walk through all of life with people, from cradle to grave. And my job as pastor primarily is to bring the presence of Jesus into people's lives, no matter the situation, and to bring the joy, the everlasting joy of Jesus into people's lives, no matter the situation. Now, it may seem like it's an easy thing to do to bring joy into people's lives at times like births and baptisms and weddings at festive times. But what about at the time of death? What about at the graveside? Is there, is there joy there? Can there be joy at the graveside? As a pastor, I gather with families at the graveside, at the time of burial, where it's very evident that death is among us. And I, and I speak words from what we, we call the, the committal service before that body is placed in the ground. And I'd like to share some of those words with you this morning. Uh, two prayers I'm going to share with you out of all that we do there. And I've spoken some of these words with um, many of you before. Uh, and so I want to put these words on the screen so you can see them and reflect on them. The first prayer that we pray at the committal service is this. O Lord Jesus Christ, by your three-day rest in the tomb, you hallowed the graves of all who believe in you, promising resurrection to our mortal bodies. Bless this grave that the body of our, our brother may sleep here in peace until you awaken him to glory, when he will see you face to face and know the splendor of the eternal God. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In this prayer, there is a remembrance. The first words are a remembrance of the fact that Jesus rested in the tomb for three days. Over that Sabbath day, Jesus rested in the tomb. And it also points to the fact that at the point of our death, that our bodies also rest. Our bodies rest in the grave until the resurrection from the dead. Death is kind of, a, kind of a weird thing for Christian people. Um, because here's what happens. At the point of death, when we die as Christian people, uh, we do go immediately into the presence of Jesus Christ. We do, we do go to heaven because heaven is where Jesus is. 
And where, where Jesus is, there is true joy, there is hope, there is peace, there is, there is, there is uh, freedom from sin and freedom from sickness, freedom from death. This is, a, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. But also at the same time, for those of us who grieve, who are still living, there's this weird thing where this body is still placed in the ground. And so what this prayer does is it reminds us that just as Jesus rested in the grave and then rose, so too shall this body rise on the last day when Jesus returns. When Jesus returns, this body will rise to new life just as Jesus rose. As Jesus rested and he rose, so too shall we find rest and then we rise. We rest and then we rise. There's another prayer in the communal service that, that uh, gets to this point even more so. It goes like this. Almighty God, by the death of your son Jesus Christ, you destroyed death. By his rest in the tomb, you sanctified the graves of your saints, and by his bodily resurrection, you brought life and immortality to light, so that all who die in him abide in peace and hope. Receive our thanks for the victory over death and the grave that he won for us. Keep us in everlasting communion with all who wait for him on earth and with all in heaven who are with him, for he is the resurrection and the life, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So do you see what these words point us towards? They point us towards the day that the graves are opened and when bodies rise to new life, when the victory over death is fully accomplished. You see, at this point of burying a body in the ground, God reminds us who grieve that this death thing will not be our end. This thing which seems to be the most powerful thing in the world, doesn't it? The thing which has power over everybody's lives, no matter who you are. This death thing, this does not get the last say. It will be undone. At the point of death, there is rest. Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant. You are in my presence. But this prayer is sort of like an infomercial. It's sort of like saying, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Yes, this rest is good, but let me tell you, there is more, and it comes free. It comes free as part of the deal, and you don't even know that you need it, but let me tell you, you do. You need life because I create life, and you will rise. You will rise. You will rise. This death will be undone. At the point of death, we rest, and then we rise on the last day. We rise. Now, as God's people living in this life, we do wait for Jesus to come again. And there is rest for us who are waiting. There's rest for those who wait. And there's this cool image in that prayer. I, I think it's a real neat image for us as, as we wait. In the, in the third to the bottom line, fourth, it says, keep us in everlasting communion with all who wait with him in heaven and those, or those who wait here and those who are in heaven. What this image is showing is for us who grieve that this family of God, this Christian faith, it, it spans time and space. It spans life and death. It spans heaven and earth. So Christian people, you are not too far removed for your love, from your loved ones who have died in the faith. This is what it's saying. And, and the scriptures talk about when we commune here today, when you commune, it's not just about you receiving forgiveness. It's not just about you giving forgiveness to the people that you are with, but we also commune. 
We commune with the saints who are in heaven who have gone before us. We are not too far removed. God's love and his family spans time and space, heaven and earth, life and death. So we wait, we wait, we wait for Jesus to come back and to fully and finally bring us all back together once and for all. I was thinking about this the other day, um, about this, this waiting expectantly. I was thinking about it in terms of um, those who are expecting babies to be born. We have some expectant mothers in this room, expectant fathers, people who are waiting for children. And I, I tell you this, those of you who are preparing to have children, there is rest for you who are waiting. There is rest for you right now as you wait to have your children. Just please listen to me. As a sleep-deprived father of three young children, for the love of God, please just sleep. Just do it now. I don't know if it's possible to bank up on sleep, but you should try. Just sleep. There is rest for you while you're waiting for your child. Do you hear me? There may not be rest to come later. Rest now. (laughs) There is rest for you while you wait. There is rest for you while you wait. In John chapter 16, Jesus foretells to his disciples what's going to happen, what they're going to go through at the point of his death. And he foretells to them and he says, hey guys, listen to me. Pretty soon you're not going to see me anymore because I'm going to die. And when I die, you are going to sorrow. You're going to be sad in the world. They're going to rejoice because they think they've won. But I tell you, in a little while you'll see me again and your sorrow will turn to what? Joy. Your sorrow will turn to joy. Your sorrow will turn to joy. And when I show up, Jesus says, when I show up, you will have everlasting joy. Your hearts will rejoice and no one will be able to take your joy from you. In other translations of the Bible, it says, no one will be able to steal your joy from you. Where Jesus is, there is joy. There is joy. There is everlasting joy. There is joy without end. There is eternal joy where Jesus is. And this is what's promised to you even today. Even today, in the midst of your sorrow, in the midst of your grief, in the midst of your struggles, There is joy, I tell you. And why is there joy? Because Jesus is present with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Where Jesus is, there is joy. It is possible for both things to exist, both sorrow and joy, all at the same time. You know, I mentioned uh, expectant parents, and I encourage you to store up your rest now, to rest while you wait. But even Jesus in John 16 uses this image of uh, expectant women giving birth uh, to explain the sorrow being turned into joy thing. Because even Jesus says, he says it like this. He says, you know, I know it's difficult for mothers, this being pregnant and, and this delivery. And it's a sorrowful time sometimes. Those of you who have been through it, you know, right? But as soon as that baby is born, this is what Jesus says, as soon as the baby is born, the mom says, that wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. We could do that again, right? Because they've got this baby in their arms and, and all they know is, is joy, right? All they know is joy. In many ways, this is what the Sabbath does for us. This is what the Sabbath does for us. As we gather in the presence of Jesus, all of our sorrow, 
all of our struggles, all of those things somehow mysteriously and beautifully are changed into joy. Because where Jesus is, there is joy. And Jesus is always with us, but we need that reminder that he is with us. And so as we Sabbath, we rest in order that we can rise. We die to self in order that we can rise to new life in Jesus Christ. And then, in the end, when Christ comes once again, finally and fully on that last day, when graves are opened and bodies rise to new and perfect and glorified life, when that day comes, maybe it's possible that we'll all look back and reflect on this life and we'll say, that wasn't so bad. That wasn't so bad. I mean, in comparison with the eternity, the eternal perfection, the eternal glory that awaits us, eternity, in comparison to that, our sorrow, it won't last all that long. It won't last all that long. But in the meantime, in the meantime, as we sorrow, as we struggle, I tell you again, Jesus is with you. He's with you. He rose from the dead. He's victorious over death. And he's coming again. So wait. Wait for Jesus. Wait for Jesus. And, and, and I tell you, while you wait for him, you actually already kind of wait with him. Mysteriously, Jesus is with you while you wait for him to fully come once and for all. You can rely on him. You can rest in him. You can give up control to him because he will always deliver on his promises to you. And he will come. He will come soon. He will come very, very soon. And when he does, no one will be able to take your joy from you. So today, rest in him. Rest in him. Rest and then rise to new life daily. Today, tomorrow. Go in his presence. Nobody can take your joy from you. Jesus is with you. In his name. Amen.